Hey, welcome to the Creative Career Starter Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Chris Lyons. In this podcast, we will have conversations with young creative professionals about the steps that they took to go from design school grad to successful employee at a creative firm. The goal is to energize and inform your job search with their tips and stories, maybe help you get your first creative job. So stick around. Let's get at it. On today's podcast, we'll have a conversation with Mike Burpo, lead UI UX designer at Punchmark in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mike talks about finding success in the design world when you're not necessarily the most talented visual designer. So many other talents matter, and he has them all. Thanks for joining us. Have a listen. Good morning, Mike. Thanks so much for joining me on the Creative Career Starter Podcast. Great to have you. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm super happy to be here with you, Chris. You're ready to go, aren't you? I can't wait. So, Mike, you are a lead UX UI designer at a company called Punchmark in Charlotte, North Carolina. Why don't you tell my young listeners uh, what you do on a daily basis? See, on a daily basis, so I, uh, I'm in charge of the strategy and uh, wireframing setup of all the websites that we do. So Punchmark is a uh, jewelry website provider, so specifically for the jewelry industry. So we get a lot of people that are coming from really you know, old and disgusting websites, and we're trying to put them on something more modern. And I get to take what their business strategy is and lead them down the road and hopefully put them with something that's going to make a lot of money for them. And uh, I love it. It's we're in a startup of about 11 people. Uh, I work with our design team is about three members. There's uh, me, um, one other designer and our creative director, as well as a couple of uh, floating people that come in. I love it. I, I like being in a, in a startup. And the reason why is because I get to be involved in a lot of different things. How do you feel about working in such a strict vertical? I mean, you are in jewelry. Yeah, it's uh I'm not a big jewelry guy. I don't wear any jewelry. Uh, so it kind of does miss a little bit with me. Our designs and our storytelling need to be better than the competitors. And that's so it doesn't matter what industry you're going to be in. You, there's still going to be a, a line for design and uh, and you got to be competitive about it. Yeah, it almost doesn't matter, does it? You you have to that's just make your customers distinctive. You got to cut through all the clutter. Yeah, Absolutely. Tell me something really cool about your job, something that's unexpected. When I was renegotiating my contract, I knew that I was up for a, a pay raise. And instead of asking for a pay raise, one thing I actually ended up doing was I asked for some remote work. And this past October, I went and uh, actually worked remote for 35 days in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And it was just I mean, spectacular. So cool. Your pictures were unbelievable. <laughs> and do you know what it is, Chris? Is I didn't realize a lot of it's very like common to be like, hey, like if you're feeling burnt out, you should go to a uh, a museum. And I kind of always was like scoff, like, oh, that's so old thinking. But the truth is, it's very true. It's like <laughs> we sit here and we look at Instagram all the time. But the truth is, is there's more artwork out there than just what lives on Instagram. So cool to to cut away all the clutter and all the the craziness of life and just go out there and and draw and paint and, and write down my stuff and and still work and still get paid. And I think I'm not saying that everyone's going to be able to do that. But one thing it did was it really kind of rejuvenated my creative 
spirit a little bit. And while I was walking, I started doing uh, urban sketching, which is just drawing like the the streets and the buildings in my sketchbook. And then I would usually add a little bit of watercolor to it. And now that I've been back, I've actually been kind of doing a little bit more um, what I might call legit paintings and like trying to trying to push my craft a little bit. And a lot of times we just sit there and we only work when we're at work. Yeah. No, man. You know, this is the creative world. We're we're out here. We can do inspiring things all the time. So, were you able to stay disciplined on your your punch mark work while you were there? I was, and I will I will say that is definitely something that you have to fight if you're not careful. Uh, I had to like there's a little bit of a learning curve in the first couple of days. One thing I realized I needed to do was I couldn't work in my room. I had to go and I would either sit in the lobby of my hostel or I would go to a coffee shop or I would uh, find a library. And I, I clocked very specific hours. Um, I would work for, uh, I think it was three hours. I would take an hour and a half long lunch. And then I would come back and I would work the remaining total of my hours and I clocked everything. And uh, just communicating with your your managers is the most important thing. It's very fun. That's so cool. To get that 35 days of immersion in a foreign culture, boy, that's got to be great. Yeah. But so I guess we were talking about uh, getting how to get a job when you're not the most visually talented designer. And that's definitely where I found myself, uh, the situation I found myself. And it's very much, I always think, I was trying to explain this to someone when I was kind of talking about this idea with someone else, that it's very similar to like being a photographer in that photographers you think of are the people that are pulling the trigger behind a camera. But the truth is most photography jobs are, there's gaffers and there are light people and there are retouching and then there's production and then there's all these other things. And only one of the jobs is someone actually photographing with a camera and, or like a football. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to pick up the ball and you're going to throw the ball. Well, that's actually only one person's position. Most likely, you're going to be on there. You're going to be tackling someone. You're going to be blocking. That's what design is like, too. I think I had a really hard time because I am just not very talented when it comes to designing things to be beautiful. What I was always better at is like the strategy and the ideation and the, I mean, just what you might call like creatively attacking a problem. And that's kind of what... I had to, I, my strength was, and what's difficult is you end up, how do you put that into a book, you know? And I always had a tough time because like, if you're a very good visual designer, you can just go and like, even if your idea is not that good, you could just like friggin' mock it up a bunch of times and people are gonna hire you if you use the right colors. But when you're a visual designer like us, uh, when you're a designer like us, and, and I'm now a UX designer, it's much more like, you got to explain your process work a lot better. And this is something that you uh, impress on us. It's, it's all about storytelling. Um, if you put something in your book and you, and you don't know the story fully, I really think you're losing, you're losing like 50% of like the, the reason for having it in the project uh, in, in no your doubt. book. And you know, yeah. when, when you think about being in design school, so much of it is about the pageantry. It's about the presentation. When you stand up in front of the class and you show gorgeous work, but your real strength was in your personality, how you I could so, yeah. sell your idea, you could tell the story of your work, and you were in a pretty talented group of designers. Those, yeah. those people in your class were really high-end designers. 
but you held your own because of the way you presented your work and told stories. No doubt about that. I feel really bad for the people who don't have confidence in their public speaking skills because that is definitely something I hung my hat on a lot. It's you in the end, you just have to do it a lot. And it's one of those things that like if you develop that into a skill, you're able to use it in a variety of different ways. I host you know, webinars and live streams for my company right now. I ended up hosting a, a podcast for about a year. But those skills, it's you can build on them. And I think that part of being a designer is being able to tell the story of the design. It, you know, anyone can make a, a beautiful logo, but it's about telling the story of the logo and getting them invested in their own logo. That's part of what you're what you're selling to them is like the is the frill. I mean, Apple sends they don't just get hand you a phone. They hand you this box that's like freaking heavy and shit. It's that's that's part of what yeah. they sell. It's the story yeah, of it. It is. It's the impact of that. I when I was in my agency days, I had a designer that worked for me who is was and is the best designer I've ever worked with. But she was terrified to present. She would do yeah. her work and hand it to me. And I would do my best to present it, but there's something about a designer being able to intuitively communicate what they were thinking yeah. in every phase of the design, every moment, every milestone, that it's hard to as a creative director step in and say, Okay, Hand me your stuff and I'll, let me see if I can make some sense of this and present it. It's a real handicap. It definitely is. And, and that's that was one strength I had. But again, like we just mentioned, my weakness was the visual portion of stuff, which is like, you know, kind of ironic for going to design school. You're supposed to be like the best at design. But the truth is, is if you're if you're deficient in the visual side of things, which like most likely you're going to have a student come through your course that um, might not be the most visually talented. Uh, what you got to do is you need to do everything else really well, which is <laughs> dumb to say, but it's like you need to follow up on your on your emails real to the T. You need to have develop a personality. I know that sounds very like crass to say, but it's like you need to be nice and fun. And in the end, like we just mentioned not before we got on the air, you spend so much time around your coworkers there. They will not hire a weirdo if. Be, even if you're friggin' the Tom Brady of uh, of design, <laughs> no one wants to spend nine hours a day, five days a week with someone that they don't like, even if you're pumping out great work. So more than 50% of what we hire for is their uh, their personality and culture fit, as we call it. So just that's, I mean, the other part of it. If you're missing something, you got to develop it that way. But you still want to see a great book, right? Absolutely. It's got to be the book. I mean, it's it's two parts, actually. The resume is uh, kind of the, the lead in, the aperitif. And what I look for in a resume is a number of things. I think the first has to be your work experience. And what I look for isn't exactly the names of the companies or the titles that you had or that kind of stuff. I look about how you write about what the work is. The way that you talk about your work experience is going to be the biggest. And then the next is going to be the book. That, that's a great point because we spend a lot of time, like my students get impatient with me. I spend so much time with them, making them tell the stories of their projects. Absolutely. And they'll say to me, oh, my God, we got to do this again. Yes. Yeah. I want you to do again. this so that when you sit in front of a creative director and you're shaking in your boots and you're nervous, you know the story so that you can focus on communicating to that person and letting your personality shine a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And the personality shining a little bit, but also when you are able to speak about the the nitty gritty of the project beyond just, 
my teacher told me Don't I needed to that, make right? that. If you ever say that, that's like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, how uninspired is that? Juice it up a little bit and, and tell the story so that I'm willing to flip through the 15 pages of your PDF and get to the end as opposed to just daydreaming, waiting for the next person to get up in line. It's always hard for young creative people to make the leap into sales because yeah. I tell my kids all the time, you are going into sales and you're selling ideas. And the more original the idea, the harder it is to sell. Yeah. So I think in an interview, if you can if you can sell them on yourself, I think it says a lot about your potential at the agency. So I'm curious, when you so say you've got an opening, you've had three or four candidates come in, you guys meet, how do you discuss how do you prioritize the skill set for who you're gonna hire? I guess it, it does end up depending a little bit on the on the position that we're hiring for. So if we're hiring for a senior person versus a junior person, of course there's gonna be a difference. But the biggest thing, and this goes for Every single uh, position, whether it's developer, designer, manager, a lot of what we look for, because I work in a startup of about 11 people, we're looking for people who are uh, autonomous, that are able to work on their on their own without direction immediately, uh, because we just don't have the people to stand over you and feed you little morsels. It's all about can you go and take this project and do a couple steps further down it? Even if they're not 100%, even if you get it only 80% of the way there, we want to see someone who's a self-starter, someone that is able to go beyond what it is that we ask for. So whether it's, um, hey, we need you to develop this car application. It's like, okay, that's one. But then can you think about the next steps towards implementation? Can you come up with like an action list? People that are able to think a little bit farther down and keep the big picture in their in their mind, those win so many kudo points with us that uh, that's usually the first thing we look at. But one of the biggest things that you taught me is you got to bring an X factor to the to the position that you're going because in the end they're hiring a designer. But if you're able to bring with you like, hey, I'm also a copywriter. Hey, I'm also a uh, sound designer or something like that. One of the things that I brought with me in, in my book was I had started a small company and which is called Buzzgear. It was an apparel company. In hindsight, it wasn't exactly super successful. Like I did it for three years and it was really fun. I learned a lot. Did I make a ton of money? Not a ton of money. I ended up asking my manager afterwards about, hey, um, what was it that made me stand out? And one of the biggest things is that I knew how to, you know, how to hustle. You know, you gotta you gotta sell your stuff, you gotta deal with suppliers, you gotta deal with managing marketing directors so you can like actually get into the shows. That told Dan was that I am that self-starter that I'm, I'm willing to build the, the bridge underneath my feet as I'm walking on it. And uh, I think that that's one of the reasons why I got hired. So got to bring something. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've learned so much starting this creative career starter business that you simply can't do this alone. You yeah. think you have an idea. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Execution is the whole story and you cannot execute alone. My wife and I pulled this company together. There's there's so many things that day to day you just have to embrace and learn and then move forward with it. And I think if Absolutely. an employer can see that, you're pretty hard to to miss. Hey, we'll be back in 30 seconds. Stay with us. Overwhelmed about looking for your first design job? Then my Creative Career Launchpad course might be perfect for you. 
It's a six-week, one-on-one, comprehensive program that puts you on the path to a first job you will love. We'll focus your online portfolio, effectively connect with people in the places you want to work, and then confidently interview and negotiate offers. Look for my Creative Career Launchpad at creativecareerstarter.com. Now back to our conversation with Mike Burpo, lead UI UX designer at Punchmark in North Carolina. If you're not an amazing designer, why, what are you going to do? Just like, that's just, that's just the hand you're dealt. You need to go in there and just do all the other things. And I, I hope that you have like an, an entire like course that's called Elbows Out. So I love that phrase. You, t- you tell me that. Uh, elbows Out, in case Chris hasn't gone over it yet, is like the expression or the mentality of playing. If you're playing basketball and you're uh, getting boards or rebounds, you got to throw your elbows out and don't let anyone in your space and you got to play hard nosed competitive. And I think that's kind of how I played it in a world of hearts and kisses and thoughts and feelings. Um, when it comes to the design world or the art world, there is a, a lot of success that can be found by being competitive and by being, um, willing to kind of scrape and gravel and freaking get through it. And I think I have, reaped a lot of rewards from being competitive and willing to, I have failed more times on, on more business ideas at the age of 25 than most people have at the age of 40. And the reason why is because I'm willing to go out there, throw the elbows out and, and, and be willing to kind of, you know, fail a little bit. And I think that that's what more people need to be doing because making pretty pictures. And if you can't tell the story, you can't, you know, get the gigs. That's, I mean, you're not going to be able to buy groceries with that. No, I love that. Elbows up when you're undersized and you got to get a rebound. you got to sure. throw your elbows out. Clear some space. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it, it, it's big, man. And uh, i got to give you all the props in the world because being on top of things and taking the, the opportunities that are floated, that float by, I mean, it just you got to always be ready. And that's kind of another one of those lines is that a lot of people think that they're ready until they actually have to go out and, and apply to a position or they need to send in their portfolio or, or you got to always be, you know, ready if you're in the in the job hunting market and just play it. You just got to grind sometimes. You do. Just, and, and I think um, the notion of making your job search personal about having a formula to write a smart letter to somebody and know what you're talking about and do it assertively and be fearless in your approach to talking about yourself. And that doesn't always come naturally to creative people. Um, One of the tips I give my students is if you get into a networking situation and you are nervous and having a hard time starting a conversation, talk about the person you're with. Ask them about themselves and they will think you are so smart and such a great conversationalist. I, I knew that there was going to be one of three people that would be interviewing me. And one of them was uh, you know, Dan or the CEO or the CTO. And I had looked up like two questions for each of them about their founding, about the person, a personality of the company. And when they asked me like, Hey, do you have any questions for us? I asked those questions. And again, it's people love telling them like their story, man. Everyone loves it. I'm doing it right now. And it's, yep. it's fun. And- well, I, I will tell you when you're at an interview and they, and they ask you, do you have any questions about us? That's a test. They're oh, not just fishing. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, you've got to slam that thing down every single time because if you go in and you say no, oh, no, you've got <laughs> to go bad. in. Even if you don't have it, it'd be like, here's the easiest question. What would my management setup be? Like, who would be managing me? 
That is the easiest, the easiest question because it, it's self-interest, but it's also asking about the company. That's the, that would be the first one. Yeah, and what's my path to the next level? Do you, what's right? my path? Where do you see me in five years if I'm successful? All of those questions are just showing that you are, you know, grinding, man. It shows that you're you have your elbows out and you're ready to 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 dunk on them. Yeah, someone that sits there when you say any questions for us and they just look down at the floor. That's a bad look. I can sympathize with it because. Yeah. Job interviews are very intimidating, and a lot of the time it's because people know that that their work, for all intents and purposes, is not the best out there. And the reason why is because most of the time they're students. If they are coming out of school, their work is not the best out there. And the, the reason why is because they haven't worked in the industry yet, and that's okay. No one gets hired for the skills that they already have. We're absolutely investing in that person and if the worst thing you can do as an employee is to stay the same level of goodness as we bought you for, you know, it's mm -hmm. we're buying you because we're expecting you to learn our programs and how our flow is. We didn't hire you because, you know, XD and we use XD. Who cares that we've hired you because you've shown that you can think and you can stick and move and we'll teach you XD in the process. Don't worry about it. All right, so Mike, before we finish, I just want to ask you one more question. When you were in high school, did you have a feeling that you wanted to pursue a creative career? I mean, absolutely. And I knew I was going to be an artist from fifth grade when I picked that as my projected career. I knew that I loved creating and I was always making, but I really did not know what it was going to look like, what that career was going to look like. Uh, in high school, the only art career was art meant illustration. So I know that now is not correct, but I knew that uh, at the time I thought that you had to be an illustrator, a painter or uh, a calligrapher or like maybe even potter. But that was it. I didn't know about design and I wish I would have because I would have tailored that. I would have started earlier. I didn't practice typography or any 2D graphics or anything like that before. But I knew whatever it was that was coming down the pike, I knew I was going to be uh, an artist. I can't thank you enough for joining me on my podcast, Mike. Your energy and your advice to kids who maybe aren't as confident and sure about their design skills, that there is a path forward to a really successful creative career. And this is great stuff. Absolutely. It's out there, man. And even if it's not being a, you know, a visual designer, that's like the, the first thing that they are going to look for. Even if there's not that position, there's tons of other positions out there. And I got to be honest, I love working in the, in the creative world, man. I feel lucky every single day. And I know that when these people find their first job or find their forever job or whatever it's going to be, they're going to feel so lucky. It's like some days I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm scamming my bosses because I get paid get a cut of paycheck for doing something that I enjoy. It's, it's insane. I love it. Mike, thanks a million for this. No worries guys. Hey, Talk peace. See ya. Thanks again to our guest, Mike Burpo from Punchmark in Charlotte, North Carolina, for sharing his story. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring as you begin your search for that all-important first job. And if you're a high school art student looking to turn your creative talents into a successful career, then my Creative Career Pathway program is right for you. I'll help you assess your skills and interests, discover successful careers for talented creative people like you, strengthen your portfolio, and discover the college majors and programs you'll need. Look for my Creative Career Pathway program at creativecareerstarter.com on the High Schooler page. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.